0: From Ephesians Chapter five, and I'll be reading five one through twenty one. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving for you may be sure of this. That everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of, of God and Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not associate with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord." Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of these things, the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it com- it becomes visible, for anything that Becomes visible as light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what is the will of the Lord. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, we, we uh, worship you, we praise
1: you, Lord. We thank you for this scripture, Lord that we're going to look at here in ephesians 5 lord we pray that you would shape us and you would mold us today lord would you illuminate scripture would you give us understanding lord would you fill us with your spirit so that we can be transformed from the inside out lord bless this time lord uh we just i just pray for your spirit we need you the spirits what what gives us understanding and moves us and changes us and 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 helps us lord to live lives that are described here in ephesians 5 lord we pray for our families lord we pray for strong healthy families rooted in christ rooted in love where we understand lord what what is uh, our roles that you've called us to and and lord above all lord that love would reign in our families that we would serve one another and love one another and And put one another first, Lord Jesus. So bless this time and and, uh, use it as you will, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to Redemption Church West Mesa. My name is Chris Amar. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, One thing I want to acknowledge is uh, I want to thank Pastor Tyler Johnson. I don't know if, if you know Tyler, but he's the lead pastor of all of Redemption. He's back in the back trying to hide. So just say hi to... If you don't know him, shake his hand before you go. Uh he is uh he's not a leader over a congregation, but he leads the the lead pastors of all the congregations. So it's a blessing to to have him here. And today we're going to start a 4-week series on family. And and I think this is important for everyone. If you don't have a family or, or you're not married because the the odds are most people will be married or or you're going to have people that you can love and And point to the scriptures on these things these are important things and 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 this chapter of ephesians is a, a, a chapter that applies in general to all of life but i'm going to talk about it more specifically as family so today what we're going to see in week one we're going to talk about walking as beloved children of god next week's another important week next week is a sanctity of life sunday and we have raul reyes He's a, he's a director over at Crisis Pregnancy Centers. And he's going to come talk to us about the, the sanctity of human life. It's gonna, and so I, I'd urge you guys all to be there. It's going to be an important week. We're going to learn a lot. He's going to talk about forgiveness for those who, who may have uh, experienced abortion in their life. And, and uh, the forgiveness of, of Jesus Christ. And how to move on. And and then also, you know, we pray that we would inform ourselves and and, and prevent that from happening. And then week three, we'll look at wives and husbands from the rest of Ephesians 5. And week four, we'll do children and parents from Ephesians chapter 6. So it's important to kind of understand the the outline of of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 through 3 tells us what we become in Christ Jesus. It tells us what, what God does in us based on grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And then chapters 4 through 6 tell us what it means to, to live the Christian life based on what you've become. So the important thing is this is how the gospel changes us. This is how grace changes us. And, and you can see that in, in Ephesians 5.1 if you'll look at it with me. In Ephesians 5 1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And so Paul, who's writing this, reminds us of, again, who we are, right? He says, your beloved children, which means near, me, I dear, or very much loved. It's a it's a tender, affectionate term that God uses for, for his children, his beloved. Right, that's who you are, his beloved. And, and, and one word that uh, might be uh, familiar to us that, that helps us kind of understand the, the, the tenderness of this word beloved is, uh, I don't know if you know the word mijo or mija, right? Uh, if, if you've been around, we've all been around uh, Spanish-speaking people, but the, the term mijo or mija means mi hijo, my son, my daughter, Right And so anyone can use it for generally for someone younger than you to to ex- experience that, that affection for someone. And so that's what God's saying when he says, "My beloved, mi hijo, mi hija, right? And, and the cool thing is it's not just a term that we literally become children of God. right? God adopts sinners, orphan sinners, rebels into his family and loves them and calls them his children and and, and we have this deep spiritual uh, relationship this eternal connection and then it's this familial term which 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 means it can't be it can't be taken away you can't lose this position with god right this intimacy and it's it, or inseparable family connection and so because of your his beloved he says therefore Imitate God, right? Because of grace, because of what God's done, because of your new identity, imitate God, right? Imitate God's holiness in all of life, not as slaves trying to earn God's favor, but as as sons trying to imitate Daddy, right? All children tend to want to imitate Mom and Dad, and so that's what He's saying: Hey, you're children of God. Imitate your Daddy. And the cool thing about when you think about family is the Bible uses a lot of, of familial terms to help us understand how to imitate God, All right? So, for example, when it speaks of, of marriage, God gives us this picture in marriage, which we're going to talk about in a couple weeks, of, of Christ being the groom in the, in the church, right? The people of God being the bride of Christ, right? And, and the groom laying down his life. So if we can imitate God's uh, picture of marriage that he gives us then we can then we can have a a, a blessed marriage right or well, the Bible gives us picture this that we can imitate of of the father right father God who disciplines his children whom he loves right he disciplines them he loves them there's all these terms of of the father and his children and we can learn how to Discipline based on the way by imitating God and how He loves us as His children. And and then children can look to Christ and see His obedience to the Father. So that's what we'll do as we get more into this series. And and what you'll see here is what Paul does is he orders this correctly. Right? When he talks about who we become and then what we do. Because Christianity is not what we do to become Christians right that's self salvation it's what God does in us, and then how he, he changes us from the inside out so it's important you're going to see this pattern in, in, as we go into here that good works always follow grace grace always comes first all right so here's what we're going to see is we're going to see four ways to walk based on that based on Being his beloved. Being the beloved of Christ Jesus. The first one is walk in love. And this is probably where I'll spend most of my time here. But look at Ephesians 5.2. It says, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and, and sacrifice to God. Right? So walk in love as Christ loved us. So notice Christ did the work first. Christ loved us first. Therefore, we walk in love, right? That's what John, First John four nineteen says. We we love because Christ first loved us, right? Again, you see, it's grace comes first. And, and this, what we're going to see is Paul uses this this metaphor of walking as a as an image for how we should live our life, right? Walking walk equals live right and, and it, what it symbolizes is is the direction of your life the path of your life it's it's to care does your life characterize? right walk in love means that your life is characterized by love the path i'm headed is the path of love and of course the best way to imitate god is love because the bible says that god is love Right, So you want to imitate God? Love. Have love flow out of you. right? Love is also important. It's the, it's the first and second greatest commandment. right? You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what we just talked about the last two weeks. And love your neighbor as yourself, which, which includes everyone, including and especially your family. And the Bible also tells us that that if you're not a loving person, if love doesn't come out of you, then you don't know God, right? Walk in love. And, and so as we talk about family, I, I think the best way, the best, most important thing you can do with your family is to center your family on love, right? Your, your family is about loving Christ and loving one another. Right, as Christ loved us, we're gonna seek to love one another and love Christ together. That's the best thing you can do. And and because this is a love is self-sacrificial. Love always puts others first. Right? It it puts others' needs over my desires. And if you remember from when we talked about Romans chapter 12, we said that the opposite of love isn't hate. We often think it's hate. The opposite of love is selfishness. Right? So if you can frame your family around love and, and being self-sacrificial and, and pouring out to one another, right, and, and even evaluating everything we do, is it love? Is it loving the way I'm, I'm responding or, or the way I'm serving? you have a blessed family right when everyone is doing that and on the contrary when everyone is doing the opposite of love which is selfishness you're going to have everyone's going to be butting heads everyone's going to be angry at each other cuz everyone wants what they want and everyone else is getting in the way of what i want right it's me first and, and you're going to have a lot of conflict and a lot of drama in your home so in my in my home i try to get us all to resolve all of our issues through love. So when I'm when I start getting angry because my children aren't obeying or doing what I want, I I, I try to calm myself down and say, okay, now how do I treat them with love and grace? Right when uh, when my kids are fighting over a toy, often I'll tell them, i come to them and say, hey, you know, you are you are you loving each other right now? Are you putting each other first? And most of the time. It works, right? They they calm down, and and one of them will sacrifice and give up the toy. And if they can't, then I usually just take it away, and neither gets it. <laughs> so, another thing that's important is in my family what I what I try to do is I, I try to communicate this regularly that that everywhere that we go is going to be filled with hate and anger and conflict. And, and, and brokenness, but, and I, I try to share with my family, but right here in home, we want a place where love reigns and peace reigns and where we're putting each other first and, and we're protecting each other, right? Because you can get all that other conflict outside. Let, let's love one another here. So love should reign in. And so I wanted to give you five ways to demonstrate love in your home. This is from uh, if you I don't know if some of you guys may have read the the Five Love Languages book. It's very helpful uh, uh on how to love and how how you receive love, but I, but I think these five love languages, these five ways you can demonstrate love are, are just going to be helpful and and I'd say you need to do all of these regularly. Right? And and begin to work to to have love be the regular language of your home. So the first one is acts of service acts of service so so the way this looks is men i know we we go to work all day we come home and we tend to just want to plop down on the couch and and check out we we're done right we think we're done because we worked all day my wife doesn't have a job so so she gets to keep going but in reality her job is more stressful staying home with the kids all day and she needs a break so the way you can show your love for her is go do the dishes right or go get the kids and, and deal with the kids and give her a break, right? Help with the laundry, right? Though, those aren't just her, that's not her job, right? The family is, we're, we're all together. We're a union. We work together. Uh, a way uh, Ruthie served me yesterday is we went to the gym, we did legs, and I was just worn out tired. All right, I, 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 I came home, I laid down on my bed, and and she brought me, uh, she juiced some stuff, some green-looking thing, and it was delicious. I don't know what it was, but it was good. But she served me in that way, right? That's a, one way we can demonstrate love by acts of service. And I think these are like above and beyond like your normal responsibilities. That's just a way you can show love. And then for kids or or people living at home with uh, mom and dad still in college, the way you can show love is do your chores and and not do it begrudgingly, dragging your feet, but really seek to be a blessing. Right? You should really seek to be a blessing in my in your your household, like and and see it. So for those of you who are students, to see it not as mom and dad do it all, but know what I'm going to be here to to contribute and try to build up this household and, and be about love and sacrifice. And, and so I'm going to go above and beyond. right I don't, when, it, when you're a, a student, you don't have as many responsibilities, so you can really step in there and, and be a huge blessing, especially some of you guys' students are here and, and your parents don't know Jesus. Let me tell you, you want to show them Jesus, start serving and blessing the house and go mow the lawn and go wash their cars. And when they ask you why, you tell them, it's because Jesus, right? I want to show his love, his self-sacrificial love, because the way he loved me. Uh, the second one is, is gifts. Everyone loves gifts. Now, this is not an, uh, uh, an excuse to go extravagant spending and getting a bunch of debt, but there there are things you can do to to bless people with gifts, you know, Uh uh, for us men, we can bring a card or, or flowers or, or some chocolates or something and bless our wife. And when they ask why, oh, just because I love you, right? I'm the worst at receiving gifts because I see the re, every receipt and I'm like, oh, why did you waste the money? But, <laughs> but gifts are a, a great way to, to bless people, especially if you see th- something that, oh, man, that would really mean something to them, you know? So think about that. Gifts. Physical touch is number three, physical touch is so important, you know, parents with children, if you have young children, there should be a lot of, a lot of cuddling in your house, there should be a lot of smooching in your house, right, I love it, because I got three little girls, and I get lots of hugs, and kisses, and snuggles, and, and, and we're really a really affectionate, touchy family, uh, e- even the other, yesterday, I dropped Olivia off at school, and I had both my other daughters. Olivia gave them both a kiss on the mouth before she got out of the car. So, But I, I think that's a, important to, to that tender, that affectionate love, to, to be doing that. And then if you have bo- little boys, you better get on your knees, dads, and wrestle with them. Cause that's the way they express love is, is that you wrestle and, you know, that physical, uh, that bond, that connection that you get there. All right, so physical touch. And then that means in your marriage that men can, should be able to cuddle with your wife and give her a back massage sometimes without expecting sex, right? That's a hard one. And on the opposite end, women should be able to, I think both, both partners should not withhold one another, withhold sex from one another, but should seek to be generous with one another. All right, that's, that's an important part of your marriage, and, and you cannot let Satan get in the middle of that and temptation get in the middle of, of the marriage bed. So you should be having sex regularly. That, uh, that's an important part. It's, it's a renewal of your vows. It's a reminder of the oneness that you have between Christ, with Christ Jesus, with one another through Christ Jesus. So physical touch. Four, time and attention. All right, you should give time and attention. So that means... Turn off the cell phone, you know, put away the iPads, turn off the TV, try to get quality time regularly, opening up God's word, praying together, going for a walk, do, doing things together, time and attention. And five, uh, words of affirmation. You know, your family needs to not just see you treating them with love, but they need to hear it, right? They need that They need to hear the words and the actions. They just need to see the two line up, right? We need to be encouraging one another, telling each other we, we love each other regularly, right? One, one of the, I think, the best things that I do with my, my daughters is I regularly tell them. I, I, I'll i get in their face and I'll say, Olivia, I'm so happy to be your daddy. I'm so blessed to be your daddy, you know? and And, and let me tell you, you know, I, 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 that's going to bear huge fruit in their life, right? As you're trying to win their heart and and, and, and win their obedience even, you it, that tender affection, those words are going to build them up. You know, so that your daughters need to hear you're beautiful, you're lovely. I accept you as you are, right? Your sons need to hear, man, you can do it. Come on, I believe in you. Your wife needs to hear, man, I love you. You're beautiful. I have eyes only, only for you. Right? They need to hear these things. Men, we don't need to hear anything. Just tell us you're ugly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so number two. So I, I, Love is so important. Number three comes from Ephesians 3, 5, 15, 3 through 14, which is a huge section, but I'm going to sum it up as walk in obedience. That we should walk in obedience. Because Paul here tells us, here's who you once were. In verse 6, he tells us, you were sons of disobedience and under the wrath of God, All right? Here's who you were before you received grace. You were guilty. You were condemned by God, which means you were under his judgment and you deserved his judgment. In verse 8, he tells us, you were darkness. You're sons of disobedience and you were darkness. You're not just in darkness, but you were darkness. That's who you were. Okay? And then he tells us the what happens when grace hits you, right? But verse 8b, but now, because of the grace of Jesus Christ, you are the light of the Lord. Right? Walk as children of the light. Which walk in walk in obedience, right? He says in verse nine, the, the fruit of the light is found in what is good, right and true right So the, the fruit of your, your life will display whether you are sons of obedience or sons of disobedience right The fruit of your life will show whether you're in the darkness, if you're still darkness or you are light now And he says, take no part in unfruitful works of darkness right which he had, he's already named them in verses three and four, sexual immorality. Impurity, covetousness, which is greed, filthiness, foolish talk, crude joking. So I'd ask you, what's, what's the fruit of your life, right? Is it darkness or is it life? Or is it light, right? Because obedience will be the, the, the mark of your new identity in Christ. If you're truly in Christ, you will see obedience in your life. And continued growing obedience. And then as we talk about this in, in the context of family, I want to ask you parents. Which, how many of you parents out there want obedient children? Let me tell you, I never knew how much I love obedience until I, I had children. Obedience is a blessing. It's awesome. And when I when I when I see how happy, how much it pleases me when, when my children obey me, it, it reminds me of that's how pleased God is when I obey him. You know, that it actually pleases God. But have you, I don't know if you guys have ever heard, I'm sure most people have heard this statement, that do what I say, not what I do, or do as they say, not as I do. It's one of the most foolish statements that anyone could ever say because your children are going to do what you do right they're looking at you you're their main model uh, of life and they're going to imitate you right so if you aren't walking in obedience you can't expect your children to walk in obedience you won't have obedient children if you yourself are not obedient right so if in John 14:15 it says Jesus says if you love me you obey my commands right the the a way that we show that we love Jesus Christ is through obedience right that's the fruit of our life fruit of that love will be obedience and so as we be, we begin to model obedience through love right I'm obeying God because I love Him, right? And, and this is obedience in marriage and in your work and school and with your with your finances and all of life, right? With what I watch on TV or, or how I talk. I mean, this is obedience and all. If God says do it, do it, right? And as I do that, I can begin to call my children to obedience to me through love, all right? So uh, here I am, I'm obeying God because I love him, and then at the same time now, I call my children to love me through obedience. right? So often what I tell my children, I ask of them, especially as we're centering our house on love, I say, hey, Sophia, do you love me? And she'll say yes, then obey me. And, and let me tell you, that, that's the faster way to get to them then hey, why are you doing that? Get over here! I'm going to spank your butt. You know, when I do it through the lenses of love, it goes right to their heart, right? So, and they and they and what happens is you begin to win your children's heart, and they begin to obey out of love, right? And, and then I want to point them, hey, and ultimately why we both obey is because Christ loved us, and, and, and that's that's let me tell you, that's more effective than than threats of spanking. Discipline is discipline's always going to follow that. But if you can continue to do that, you obey me because you love me, and I obey God because I love him. It's gonna, it's going to it's going to help huge, you know, keep and you keep doing that. All right? So, we got to move on to the number 3. I'm I'm really behind. Is is walking wisdom. All right. Walk in wisdom. Wisdom is the application of what you know. And he, in here, Paul tells us in, in verses 15 through 17 that you have a choice. You have a choice to be wise or foolish, right? Foolish, which is some synonyms, idiotic, reckless, thoughtless, irresponsible, or immature, right? We, we need wisdom to lead our families. And the good news is in James 1.5, it says that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously. And we need the wisdom of God so that we don't lead our families foolishly, right? And uh, even you see how, how gracious God is with his wisdom. King Solomon in the Old Testament prayed for wisdom, and God ma- made him the wisest man who ever lived. Right, people would come from around the world to hear from his wisdom. He wrote some of the wisdom sc- literature, which is Ephesians, the Proverbs, and the Song of Solomon. So God loves giving wisdom. All right. Now here's two wise, things wise people do, he says here. All right? And I want you to do these things, and I want you to c- keep coming back to this because uh, as, as we're hearing more about how we should uh, shape our family, I want you to keep, keep thinking about this, all right? Because the first one, it says, wise people look carefully how they walk. That's what you see in verse 15, right? And this is a command to pay close attention to how you live, right? This is, be the, another way you could say this is, be constantly taking notice of the direction of your life. That's what wise people do, right? So they ask, what direction is my marriage heading, Right? Are we praying together? Are we growing in oneness? Right? Are we are we getting to know each other better? Are we loving each other? Are we communicating? Are we are we dealing with conflict? Wise people continue to ask those questions. Right? Foolish people ignore those things and continually grow apart. And then at the end they ask, why, why did my marriage fall apart? Well, it was because you didn't continually be careful how you live, right? You you weren't constantly taking notice, right? Because things generally, those big sins, those, those the big fall apart. It doesn't happen just out of nowhere. It's it's a, it's a long, many steps over a long amount of time. So you got to ask, what direction is my family headed? Right? Is Jesus the center? Are we loving each other? Are we praying together? Are we growing spiritually? Right? Are are we making church a priority? Or are we just putting God on the side whenever we got time to? Yeah, to uh, you know, left over for him. You have to ask, ask that. And so, wise people are constantly thinking about those things. You know, the second one is wise people make the best use of every opportunity. So you got to ask, what are the uh, uh, the make the best use of time? It says there, but it also means opportunity. Other translations will say opportunity. All right. And so I think this is talking about priorities. You know, what are those opportunities, those priorities, those important things that God has given you in your life? And you need to make the most of those, that opportunity and in, in the short time that we have with those things. All right. So so if you if you looked at it, your first one's probably is you're always gonna be your relationship with God. The second one's gonna be if you have a spouse, your spouse is your second uh Number two on the priorities, you know, then it's going to be your your children. Your children need to come first, and then the you know your work and, and church and everything falls after that. All right. So wise people make uh, the best use of their time, and they do, and they always do what's important. They don't ever use time as an excuse for not doing what is important. All right. So so. So the, I want you to keep coming back to these in this next couple weeks. Think about uh, how can I, what, what direction is my family heading? Evaluate as you hear these things and then, we, and then seek to make the best of oppor- every opportunity. I want to read a quote from me, for you. It says, life is too short for us to do everything we want to do, but it's long enough for us to do everything God wants us to do. All right, so listen to that again. Life is too short for us to do everything we want to do, but it's long enough to do everything God wants us to do. All right, and I'm wrestling with if I should do four. I'm going to do it fast. Number four is walk in joy, all right? And I really love this because joy is what the Christian life is all about, enjoying God. And you'll see here, he he contrasts getting drunk with wine with being filled in the Spirit, right? And so you might ask, why is he contrasting getting drunk with being filled with the Spirit? And the reason he's doing that is because the reason that we, we get drunk is to get what we can only get by being filled in the Spirit, right? The reason people get drunk is to get happy, right? So the way alcohol works is when you drink it, it's a depressant, and you, be, you forget your problems, right? And so you get happy because you forget your problems. But the Spirit works in a completely opposite way. The Spirit doesn't make us forget our problems. The Spirit makes us more aware of our resources that we have in Christ Jesus, right? You get that? We get happy because it makes us more aware of the grace of Jesus Christ. Right, what he's done, how he's gonna help us, the hope, the joy, the peace. Tim Keller says it this way: The Spirit takes the work and person of Jesus and makes it so real to your heart that you begin to say, "What was the problem again? Right? The Spirit takes what you know in your head and makes it real to your heart. right? And so when I when I see, the love that Jesus has for me, when I see his perfect life lived for me, and that his death that he died for me, it makes me happy. of what God, Jesus has done for me, and, and thankful, and brings joy in our life, right? And, and so what happens is, when I'm happy in Christ, I make wise decisions, and I obey him, right? Because... Many, well, the reason we make foolish choices or we're disobedient is because we're not happy enough in Christ Jesus, and we begin to look elsewhere. Right? We're we're looking for other things to fill us that only God can do. Right? But when we are filled with the Spirit, which means controlled by the Spirit, He He fills us up and He gives us everything we need, and we won't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Right that's what Galatians 5:16 says. Walk in the spirit. You won't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Why? Because you'll be filled with everything you need through the spirit. Right? The spirit's going to make you happy. And then and then you know the ob- obedience, the wise choices, the the love of Christ flows out of that. All right? And then in, in this rest of the Scripture, what we see is then we begin speaking to each other and, in hymns and songs, and we begin worshiping and living a life of worship. I mean, this per- person that characterizes here is a person that's full of joy, right? This is a person, he's addressing; in, one, they're addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, seeking and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Right? That's a happy person in the Spirit who's going to be living wisely, Living obedient, love flowing out of that person. All right, let me pray. Lord, uh, I I just pray, Lord, that you would give us your Spirit, Lord. I know. Uh, I I pray that no one hears this and thinks, like, oh man, I got it. I I really got to get it together. But that we would seek you and know you, and and know that what flows out of us will begin to be these things, as we know you, as we. We, we realize that we're your beloved, Lord. As we receive your spirit, you're going to help us do these things. So uh, just fill us, Lord, and, and give us your wisdom. Give us your strength. And, and above all, give us your love, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.